No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good afternoon and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Friday night, man, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 7 p.m. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, we've got so much to get through in so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to teach me how to raise a productive, progressive member of society, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. Gypsy of Diamonds with the diamond. Vandagel steals the diamond, Gypsy. Says, sup, bitches. Well, sup, bitch. Bitch. Sup, my bitch. Thank you. If you'd like to leave a tip, just like Gypsy of Diamonds just did, then you can head to dlive.com, uh, dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Get some of those succulent lemons. Leave those soury little suckers in my fruit bowl. Or streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's one of those days. It's going to be one of those shows. I'm just in that kind of a mood. You know what? To be honest, to be brutally honest with you, you know, I always try to bring it when I do a, a live stream. Tonight's a very cozy audience tonight. And if you're not aware of what cozy means in live streaming terms, in live streaming parlance, it means very, very small. <laughs> so fuck it. Let's just do what we want. Hey, Iceman. Rice, the rice man. Reichman double four double three with a diamond says the weekend has arrived. It certainly has. So we want we like to ease you into the weekend here on a Friday night. And you know I always bring it. We've got a small audience tonight. What I'm thinking about tonight is the chili I'm going to be making as soon as this show is over. That's right. Boogie Bumpers authentic, genuine, one of a kind, five alarm, gold star chili is getting made today. It's a perfect day for it because here it's rainy and shitty and cold. But you didn't come here to talk about the fucking weather, man. You did not come here to talk about the weather. We've got so much to get through. Our first item tonight, though, I have to admit, hand on heart, I had this first item lined up to cover on the show because we've covered this guy before. And then I was watching um, the replay of JJ Stoner's show, dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. And that slippery southern song bitch, that slippery southerner song bitch, he was playing the clip that I was going to play. So I took it out of the rundown, but then I thought, no, I have to put it in the rundown because, you know, I mean, it's it's that important. And maybe you didn't see JJ's show. I don't know. Maybe you didn't see it. So I have to, we're going to have to cover it here. Um, do you remember this guy, Andre Antunes? He got... He got kind of sort of famous recently with this particular clip, ladies and gentlemen. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. You are the people in history. They've all done the 
<laughs> Winning TV with a diamond, pardon me. Want me to flatten the wheels on his house? <laughs> oh, come on, Phil. Phil, that's very spicy, mate. It's a great part. It's a great thing about... It's a great thing about, um, you know, if you're one of JJ's neighbours, you know, you can just hook him, hook his house up to the back of your car and off you go into the countryside. You can pick up JJ's house and, like, drive it out to the woods and leave it there like you were abandoning a dog, <laughs> a puppy. Out you go, boy. <laughs> oh, we're going to have fun, aren't we? Okay, see ya. <laughs> no, we love JJ. But he's got the advantage, you see, of starting at midday. I'll see you in there. He's got the advantage of starting at midday, so he can always play the video first, you see. But I thought I have to I have to show it because we've played this guy before and what he's done now, his latest video, I think is something that all of us have been waiting for. You know, we've all got a soft spot for the for the target of his most recent video, so we have to play it. So he he got famous for playing this. Uh also this one, which I think is my personal favorite, the Kenneth Copeland clip, ladies and gentlemen. Today! From Southern California, California, to Brownsville, Texas, Brownsville, Texas, and the tip of Florida, and wherever else in the world. <laughs> the eyes, ladies and gentlemen. It's all in the eyes. Jesus. Name of You fall on your face. Love this drop. This little part here. Oh, yeah. And you'll never be back. Fucking brilliant. So, like I said, his most recent video, he covers somebody that I think is dear to all of us, close to all of our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, finally, I think the thing that we've all been waiting for, the topic that we've all been waiting for Andre to cover, has finally arrived. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Andre Antunes meets. Alex Jones, let's fucking do it. I mean, we we have done whole episodes on this show just covering the genius, the artistry of an Alex Jones rant. You know, too many people focus on the things that he says. Here on this show, we focus on how he says it. And we have determined through scientific analysis that there is no better ranter on the internet than Alex Jones. It's like listening to a symphony orchestra. You know, the, the highs, the lows, the tempo changes, the pitch changes, the rhythm. I mean, everything about an Alex Jones rant is pure fucking art. 
And now this modern-day artist, Andre Antunes, has finally turned his musical talents toward Alex Jones. And, and I mean, it can only be good. The coming together of these two modern-day geniuses. Let's see how it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, Andre Antunes meets Alex Jones. And your children are turning into mindless vassals who, who now they, they look up to some twit instead of looking up to Thomas Jefferson or, or looking up to Nikola Tesla or looking up to, to Magellan. I mean, kids, Magellan's a lot Dr. Ron Paul in the background. Absolutely. You know what I love too? I love the fact that he went to like a retro Alex video. Because Alex nowadays, like with the shaved head and the beard, it's just not the same, man. I miss, I mean, everybody ages, of course, but I miss this Alex Jones look, the clean cut fucking church boy look. You know what I mean? Great, a perfect ending, eh? <laughs> Go on now. Well done. So I'll put that link in the chat. Like I said, JJ played it and I only noticed, I already had this in the rundown and then I watched JJ's replay from earlier today and then I took it out and then I put it back in because I'm like, no, fuck it, we need to play this. Just in case you missed it. Because we've been waiting a long time. (laughs) So well done. Fantastic. All right, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. As you know, There's been a topic in the news over the last couple of days, and we might, you know what, we might take some calls in the second half of the show, if you want. I don't know if anybody wants to call in. Oftentimes, nobody calls in. And considering that there's only about 10 of us here tonight, (laughs) I don't like our chances. But hey, why the fuck not? So we'll open the phone lines up, second half of the show. Now, as you know, there's a topic going around, and Frozen Asian has joined us in the chat. This is good, because Frozen Asian, we're going to need a racial liaison for these next couple of stories. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but a topic that's been making news over the last few days, strangely, racism. Apparently, 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 apparently we don't like the Asians anymore, we've been told. The Asians have been marginalised and Frozen Asian is in the chat, who is often the butt of many racist jokes, you know, around the, the various people who you see in the chat from time to time. Unfairly, I say. I mean, I would never say such a thing to Little Frozo. I would never make uh, Asian jokes to Frozen Asian. That wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be right. And that's not what we endorse here on this program. Or should I say, program. That's not what we endorse here. 
on the show. We don't even, you know, we don't endorse uh, making fun of people on the show. So we need Frozo to be like a little bit of a liaison for us between the Asian community and the rest of the community, which is, of course, white supremacists and Nazis and hateful people and all the rest of it. So, ladies and gentlemen, maybe we should start people off young. Remember the story we covered on Wednesday where somebody put in some scientific effort. Apparently, somebody was doing some research. An expert, you might say, was doing some research. And they came to the amazing discovery that children who aren't, you know, constantly bombarded with racism and talking about racism and understanding racism and whatnot, apparently they grow up more likely to have, you know, interracial partners. And when they have interracial partners, they don't talk about race as much. Isn't that a funny thing? You know, it's almost like if you don't fill the kids' heads with the stuff, it won't become an issue for them later on in life. Now, that's one way of looking at it, but that's not the expert way of looking at it. See, the expert way of looking at it is we need to teach children more about the differences. We need to explain to children more about racial issues and oppression and privilege and all the rest of it. So this was sent through by Jim Enward, our good friends over in Canada, the Canadian taxpayer-funded news organisation, otherwise known as the CBC, ladies and gentlemen, put this out for a little bit of educational material, I think, to make the world a little bit of a better place. How to raise an ally. Kids need to learn about racism and what they can do to fight it. <laughs> Kids. I mean, it's generally accepted that kids will play with any other kid. You know, they don't really care. So we need to make them care. <laughs> we we need BLM rallies at preschools. I'm telling you. Parents must make sure race is spoken of honestly and often at home. How much time do you dedicate talking to racism? Uh, talking to racism. Talking to your children about racism when they're at home. How much? 10 minutes a day? 15 what about like an hour a week? I'm here to tell you that's not enough. You know, maybe consider this. Next time you consider playing, you know, tossing a baseball with your son or something like that. Maybe next time before you consider, you know, doing the little tea party with your daughter or something to that effect. Instead of having, you know, that innocent playtime, why don't you sit your child down and talk to them about oppression? Don't you want your kid to grow up to be a good anti-racist? Don't you want them to grow up to be an ally, an activist for the movement, ladies and gentlemen? You know, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, remember? So <laughs> next time your kid is about to engage in some innocent childlike play, just remember, you could be using this time to educate them about racism. Don't miss your opportunity. The article continues, race and racism can be a difficult subject to tackle as a parent. <laughs> No matter what colour your skin or your child's may be, how can parents ensure that their children are true allies and are actively being anti-racist? Their children. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I've said often on this show, I don't even like when people take their children to political rallies. I think that's tacky and tasteless, especially if you're expecting some kind of confrontation. You know, I think it's terrible parenting to, to use your child as like a little meat shield, thinking that it's going to protect you from criticism or bottles of urine that get thrown from other people. Right? It's going to protect you from the tear gas. Hold up your kid in front of the bullets. You know what I mean? No, you can't touch me. Look what I've got. I've got a little meat shield here. 
So I think that's generally shitty behavior, but people do it all the time, on all sides, always using their kids. For children to be fully aware of race issues, that means parents have to be fully aware of the ways in which they form their children's ideas on race. Tanya Hales is a black woman. (laughs) What a qualifier. Tanya Hales is a black woman and a mother to an eight-year-old black son. They re- they, they, I know it's a meme, but they really are obsessed with it now at this point, aren't they? Obsessed. And you know, personally, like, I don't have anything against you, but, you know, if you're, whatever colour you are, if you're going to just talk about race and racism all the time, I just don't want to be around you, man. I don't. And see, you'll get accused of racism if you don't want to be lectured about race constantly, right? Oh, that's your, you're allowed to walk away from racial discussions. You've got white privilege. But I'm now at the stage of my life where if somebody says that to me, you know, either online or in person, I'll go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just just don't, don't talk to me anymore. These people are such downers. They really are. And I just, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's for you. If, that, if that's what floats your boat, if that's what gets you up in the morning, if that's what motivates you, fine. But I don't care, man. And I'm sick of talking to you. So here's the thing. You don't have to be friends with a white person. You don't even have to talk to me. But if being your friend means that I have to be lectured about race and activism and anti-racism and shit like that constantly, if that means being a friend, I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> right? Life's too fucking short, man. Tanya Hales is a black woman and a mother to an eight-year-old black son. Ludwig in the chat. Yes, exactly. Check your privilege, bro. That's your white privilege, Boogs. Thinking that you don't have to be lectured about race and you could just walk away and say, whatever, I don't care. Tell your story walking, pal. That's white privilege. Oh, great. So I can't even choose to not engage in it. No, no, no. That proves you're racist too, bro. Oh, yeah. She's also the founder of Black Mums Connection, a global non-profit that works to enhance the black community and facilitate real change. God, the management speak is just... We'll be engaging with stakeholders in order to facilitate real, real change and enhance empowerment. I'm sorry, what are you actually doing? We're mailing flyers to people. <laughs> We're starting a hashtag. Right, why don't you just say that instead? What are we doing? Starting a hashtag. No, 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 no. We're empowering minority communities in order to facilitate long-lasting change in a global context. Right. What are you doing? Starting a hashtag. Good. Thanks for clearing that up. She points out that parents are always the first and arguably most influential teachers of our children. That means parents who are not black need to examine the ways in which they have unconsciously created an anti-black reality. (laughs) Now, press one in the chat. I don't have kids, right? So maybe this could all be true. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not. But let's take a little snap poll in the chat. Press one in the chat if you have children. Press two in the chat if you don't. Let's work through this problem. Oh, I love this track. Anytime you can get a xylophone in a funk tune, you're fucking, you're living, man. Okay. We've got about a split. It's about a 50-50 split. Okay, so now 
Now, I'm only talking to the ones here, okay? So if you're in the two column, you're out. You're out of this little quiz. We need to narrow this down. So just for the ones, okay? Press one in the chat if you're a parent and you're white. Press two in the chat if you're not white. Let's see how many we're dealing with here. How many Nazis do we have in the audience here? Because white parents are Nazis now. I don't know if you're aware of that. Happy Hanukkah, my nigga. Hey. Oh, Minister of Fun underscore Kimmy tipped $3. Thank you, Kimmy. Hello, Boo Guy. Took a while to Hello, find Boo Guy. the Kenneth Copeland video. Reminds me of this song. Reminds me of this song. You didn't send a link, Kimmy. <laughs> you didn't send a link with your thing. You didn't send a link. Um, send me the link on Twitter and I'll grab it during the break and then I'll play it when we come back from the break. How about that? Okay, so most most of the people in the chat who have kids are white. Uh, Kitty B, unfortunately. Uh, T.S. Moose isn't sure. He's like one or two. I'm not really sure. Maybe in between. He's half white, half Mexican. Uh, no, you're out. <laughs> T.S. Moose, you're out. You're not white enough. So, so Kitty and T.S. Moose are gone now. So now I'm only speaking to the white parents in the audience. Now, press one in the chat if you were aware. I mean, I guess the, the question kind of cancels itself out because we're talking about unconscious cognitions here. We're talking about subconscious creations of your own racist environment. But press one in the chat if you were aware. Quote, parents who are not black need to examine. Press one in the chat if you need to examine the ways in which you may have unconsciously created an anti-black reality. That's what it says in the article. Were you aware that you are unconsciously creating anti-black realities for your children? <laughs> huh? Is that you? Gee, I'd like to... Whenever I conjure up a reality, it involves, like, Hawaiian pizza and beer. When you, when you white parents conjure up new realities, you're conjuring up, I don't know, dystopian ethno-nationalist nightmares. What the hell are you teaching your children out there? Rational Time says, I was not aware of that. <laughs> you weren't aware that you were creating an anti-black reality for your white children? Apparently you are. All of you are. All of you. Uh, listen to this. Do their kids play with black dolls? <laughs> Do your kids play with black dolls? See, if your kid doesn't play with a black doll... That means that you are creating an anti-black reality for your children. Anti-black. See, not playing with a black doll used to mean the kid doesn't have any black dolls, but that's not what it means anymore. Now, not playing with a black doll means you are creating a future clan member. Huh? Not playing with a black doll means you are now anti-black. Haven't we accelerated down this path? There are no innocent bystanders, ladies and gentlemen. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the diamond. Joke's on her. Piper has a black doll. There you go. So, so the Minister of Fun isn't teaching her kid to create an anti-black reality. The Minister of Fun lets her kid play with a black doll. Although, let's be fair here. Minister of Fun is a southerner. If her kid is playing with a black doll, I imagine it's doing, you know, you're doing, you know, racial stereotypes, aren't you? So when your little daughter, you know, what is she, five or six years old, if you walk past her room and she's playing with a black doll, does she say things like, yo, sup, nigga? You know, she can't be allowed. To, she's not allowed to do that. 
a black doll can only be like a president or a brain surgeon, right? Or a rocket scientist, something like that. I don't want to hear your kid playing with the black doll saying things like, give me your fucking wallet. <laughs> the black doll's robbing the Barbie doll. I mean, I'd rob Barbie too. She's got way too much money for a doll. She doesn't even do anything. She doesn't have a job. Are there integral black characters? This is the uh, article again. Are there integral black characters in the books they read Happy and Hanukkah, the movies they see? Hey! Oh, Victor underscore one underscore shroom five dollars. I think this is what the blogger is on about. Okay, let's see what the blogger is on about. Thank you, Victor. See see that, Kimmy, how uh, Victor put the link in the Streamlabs <laughs> like a good boy. Thank you, Victor. Uh, Mr. Fun with the Diamond didn't say there wasn't a rope involved. Ah, so she's a NASCAR fan. That's that's nice. Let's see what we got here from Victor. What are you doing to me? Fuck it, hell. <laughs> Don't blame Victor, he's Dutch. It's not his fault. Racism is in his... Colonisation is in Victor's fucking DNA. <laughs> uh, that one caught me off guard. I've got to admit. So bang and Minister of Fun underscore Kimmy tipped three dollars. Thank you. Oh, just take my money again, boo guy. Thanks to Victor for being a good example. But again, you didn't put. Again, you didn't put the link in the thing. <laughs> you've now sent. You've now sent me two donations and not put the fucking link in the donate. What the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> It's at this time I like to inform the audience there are indeed no refunds. Uh, buyer beware. <laughs> oh, God, where were we? That's right. We're supposed to be raising anti-black activists. What the hell are you... What the hell is wrong with you people? Thank you for joining us. Do the kids play with black dolls? Are there integral black characters in the books they read and the movies they see? Now you're sending now you're sending me diamonds to argue the point. Minister of Fun says, yes, I did. It's gotta be Streamlabs, but it's not because R Victor's one worked. Victor sent the link, didn't it? You just saw Victor send a link. You even praised him for being a fine example. How can it be Streamlabs? Victor used the same Streamlabs you did. Why don't you go play with your black doll or something, mate? <laughs> Clearly, you've been playing with the black doll too long. As Joe Biden would say, you're now struggling to, to get online. You're struggling with the internet now. Are there integral black characters in the books they read and the movies they see? Characters who happen to be a different colour than them without race being their defining reason for being present, ladies and gentlemen? 
Most importantly though, she says we need to listen and believe black parents when they speak up about experiencing racism. Hales also wants the parents of white children to recognise how differently their children are treated. Oh no. You should start you should start treating your child more like a if you want to teach them about racism. When you see a situation happening to black people, insert your child, insert this is the advice. Insert your child and say, would this ever happen to my kid? And if you can say with a certainty no, then you know what racism is. <laughs> it's that easy. It's that simple. Kids can't be colorblind. One thing I've read and heard from the parents of black children is the talk they have to give them. How to behave with the cops. Hey, I got the same talk as well. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Most kids who are like little brats get the talk at some point from an adult and say, hey, if you're not careful, like when the coppers pull you, who put you press one in the chat if you ever had this conversation with one of your parents. Hey, Happy when the Hanukkah, cops pull you over, nigga. don't fuck around, right? Did you get that? Winning underscore TV tipped $5. Thank you, Phil. See the link works, Minister of Fun. <laughs> See, he's, he's showing you how the link works. Look, it's not even Streamlabs. Sounds to me like Anthony Jr. may have stumbled onto existentialism. Fucking internet. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Phil. See? Fucking internet. There you go. It works. I don't know what to tell you. A lot of ones in the chat, by the way. A lot of ones. So we all got that talk, how to deal with the police. Oh, no, no, no. White people apparently never get that talk. See, I'm starting to think for all this talk that uh, certain people need to understand the lived experience of someone else, the people who want the most for other people to understand the lived experience for someone else have no intention of understanding the lived experience the people they're asking that of, right? You need to understand my lived experience. Hey, I got told to how to deal with the police too. Shut up, racist. Nobody cares. Oh, <laughs> I, th I thought we were in a I thought we were in a community here. I thought we were about sharing our lived experiences. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what your experience is. You need to listen to mine. I'll tell you what my experience is and your experience too. <laughs> because you just don't understand. Oh, okay. Listen to this. You are a white child and historically and in modern day context, this is what it means. The world is an equal for everybody. Mark Eel Simpson of BC Community Alliance opened up about hearing the talk as a young biracial man and now that talk is integral to all races, especially white families, because if your children have been genetically afforded greater ease in society, they need to have this explicitly explained to them. Genetic ease. Different cultures should be acknowledged and celebrate. You need to acknowledge. You need to celebrate everything else. With all the anti-black violence and racism really coming to a head in the past year, and the Black Lives Matter movement being amplified and gaining support, race issues have been front and center. What has all that meant for young black people? I spoke with two teenagers of the Surrey Media Co-op Daily Dose of Blackness. It's a space to share stories about black struggles and to talk about and to black youth, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like a riveting, like a wonderful program. Right up my alley. 
Unfortunately, I'm not black, so I'm not allowed to listen to it. Although I do have to try harder to understand the lived experience of someone else. Okay, here's the link. It starts at 3.20. Let's have a look because Kimmy so couldn't figure out So I saw that you checking out my ball, but you're yet to actually pull the trigger and buy. Hang and on. I'm guessing that's... Stupid. Hang on. Happy Hanukkah, my hey. Victor underscore von underscore shroom tipped five dollars. Thank you, Victor. Kimmy said it was Streamlabs. I say it was Kimmy. <laughs> okay, so we'll do Victor's first because he knows how to use Streamlabs. Thank you, Victor. Hey, poor! Hey, poor! Hey, poor! You don't have to be poor anymore! <laughs> Jesus is here! Yeah! Jesus is here! This is another Copeland. Another Kenneth Copeland remix. Redo. Very nice. See, Victor knows how to work Streamlabs. Phil knows how to work Streamlabs. Kimmy does not know how to work Streamlabs. Oh, is this, uh, hang on, is this the one that you sent or is, oh, I don't even know now. Now, because this, see, this is all because somebody had to put the link in the chat instead of in the, in the Streamlabs. Okay, so 320. Okay, so this is actually Kimmy's link. All right, we finally got there. Fantastic. Well, that was worth it. <laughs> that was worth all the effort and trouble. That was, that was worth the multiple donations and arguing. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kimmy, for the donation. Thank you for the multiple donations, Minister of Fun. Most appreciative. Thank you very much for supporting the stream. <laughs> so Victor Von Droom shared the same one that Kimmy was trying to get. <laughs> It's Friday. Who cares, man? All right. So there you go anyway. How to raise an ally. Kids need to learn about racism, what they can do to fight it. But I, I bring to you a question. I bring to you a, a conundrum. I bring to you a thought bubble, ladies and gentlemen. What do we do if the parents are unwilling to talk to their children about race and racism? Whatever are we going to do with those people? Hmm? I mean, consider this. Consider you have a collection of white parents with white children and you're committed to, you know, getting these kids to understand their white privilege and racism and whatnot because because they haven't been playing with black dolls, you have now unconsciously created an anti-black environment for them to grow up in. And that is very harmful. That's most definitely harmful. So how do we deal with those parents? What do we do with them? Well, <clears throat> I've got good news for you. Teachers, ladies and gentlemen, or as I like to call them, heroes. The heroes of COVID, the teachers and the public servants. They've come up with a solution. Teachers compile list of parents who question racial curriculum, plot war on them. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> B 
Because nothing solves problems like uh, government employees creating lists of private citizens. A group of current and former teachers and others in Loudoun County, Virginia. Virginia, there's Virginia again. Fucking JJ, what's going on in Virginia, bro? Slippery southern song, bitch. A current, uh, a group of current and former teachers and others in Loudoun County, Virginia, compiled a lengthy list of parents suspected of disagreeing with school system actions, including its teaching of controversial racial topics with a stated purpose in part to, quote, this is the plan, infiltrate and use hackers to silence parents' communication and, quote, explode, uh, expose these people publicly. Hey, this'll solve the problem. This'll solve the problem, won't it? Let's let's put a list together of parents. Let's start doxing them. Let's infiltrate their parents' groups. Let's use hackers. Oh, this is very productive stuff here. Thank you so much for keeping our children safe, teachers. Members of a 624-member private member... That's really badly written. Members of a 624-member private Facebook group. You can just write 624 members or members of a, a private Facebook group. That's both are fine. Private Facebook group called, quote, Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County. Named parents and plotted fundraising and other offline work. Some use pseudonyms, but the Daily Wire has identified them as a who's who of the affluent jurisdiction outside DC, including school staff and elected officials, ladies and gentlemen. The Sheriff's Criminal Investigations Division is reviewing the matter, but the group's activities might Happy be no surprise. Hey. Oh, Victor underscore von underscore shroom tipped five dollars. Thank you, sir. On a different topic, was your vegan beer tour like this, or did I get the idea wrong? Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't a tour. So, if you were following my tweets yesterday, what Victor's referring to there, I went to a vegan brewery. Mate, actually, I'll see if I can bring the picture up for you. A vegan organic brewery. I was really impressed with these people too. They were cool as fuck. You know, a lot of people believe the meme. You know, oh, they're vegan, so they must be they must be unhinged fucking lunatics, <laughs> right? This was a very smooth operation. They knew what they were doing. They produced a fucking amazing product. The food was really good as well. Here, I'll show you. There you go. So there was no tour, though. This is basically like a, a warehouse in an industrial area. And where I'm taking this picture from, that's like the upstairs dining area. So the factory, the warehouse and the brewing and the bar and the restaurant is all in the same room. <laughs> you know, so while you're eating and while you're drinking their beer, they're actually making it like right next to you. And they're, they're putting it in boxes and shit and they're loading it up in cans. Right. So it's all happening in the same place. And it, uh, the really smart thing about it is because it's in like a really blue collar industrial area, like, and I mean like there's semi-trailer trucks rolling up and down the street constantly. There's a lot of noise. There's factories like billowing smoke into the air and shit. And then right in the middle of it, there's this little fucking organic vegan brewery. And the smart thing is they don't really brand all of their shit with like, oh, it's vegan or oh, it's organic. You know what I mean? Like, cause most people would go over the top to sell that. You don't actually know really until you go in there. You don't know until you're in there and you, you order something, like you order a beer. It doesn't even say it on the beer really, but if you try to order food, you'll be like, hang on a minute, they don't sell any meat. Right? 
So they're really smart with their branding like that because they'll get like all of these tradies who other if you would normally put like, you know, oh, vegan organic brewery up on the sign out the front, these guys would just fucking walk past it. You know what I mean? They go, fuck that shit. But they do some really good beers. I'm actually drinking one now. It's called Amanda Out. <laughs> it's 6.7%, so it's not bad for a little beer. And mm, It's like a mandarin-infused kind of fucking boutique-y little beer. It's really nice, though. Um, yeah, so they do a really good job. So, But there was no tour. There was no, like, free samples or anything. I could have a little taste of, you know, the beers before I bought one, but you still... And they were pretty pricey because you're paying, like, you know, city prices. So... You know, a schooner, that's a schooner, which is a bit smaller than a pint. That was like $9 Australian. So what, what's that, like 6 bucks US? So, you know, not cheap. Um, I think it was Kimmy on Twitter who commented, like, only a real man can eat pink food. Well, that pink food, that's actually pickled radish. So it's kind of like cocktail onions, you know, really, you know, pickly cocktail onions. So it's a really good, refreshing, like, little change. Um, that shit there that kind of looks like, I don't know, it looks like a close-up of, of shag carpet, <laughs> that caramelized shit there, that's actually deep-fried, um, tempura enoki mushroom, and it's fucking amazing. And that little thing there that looks like a hot pocket, that's a Masaman curry, um, bun, so in there it's got like mushroom curry and shit, fucking really good food, man. So, yeah, there was no tour or anything. It's just a place where you go. So, where's Victor's clip? Victor sent this clip through. I'll, I'll just replay it. Happy Hanukkah, my nigga. Sorry for getting sidetracked. Victor underscore von underscore shroom tipped $5. On a different topic, was your vegan beer tour like this or did I get the idea wrong? Okay, let's have a look. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to suspect you got the idea wrong, but comically... <laughs> Happy birthday, vegan motherfucker. It's a very special day today. It's a very special day today. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who's a motherfucking vegan birthday boy? You. <laughs> Who's a motherfucking vegan birthday uh, boy? What a you. treat. Sucking. <laughs> I guess I guess somebody's getting a little gobby present after the song. Two. Two at a time. What a girl. God, there's a lot of there's a lot of Dayton hypernova about him, isn't there? Are they cousins? Are they related? There's a lot of Dayton about this guy. Look at this. I think we've found Dayton's like long lost brother or something. The the, the not dead brother. The one who's still the one who's still breathing. You are Once again on this show, I'm left with nothing to say except for thank you for the video, Victor. Thank you for the video, Victor. the hell is wrong with you people all right where were we oh, okay yeah 
Teachers compile a list of parents who question racial curriculum plot war on them. Absolutely fantastic. Um, let's see. Where do you want to go from here? I'll give you a choice. There's a number of ways we can go about this. How about all of, all of them have to do with racism, of course. So, so okay, we've got a violent uh, brawl breaks out in an Australian soccer match. We can do that. That's option number one. Uh, option number two is an Everett restaurant owner renames the business after community outrage. There was a racist name for a restaurant. We can do that. Or maybe for the second half of the show. Okay, yeah, tell you what, we'll stick to those two. Which one do you want to do? So a brawl at a soccer match in Australia. Press one. Uh, press two for the racist restaurant changing its name. See what you want. It's very close. It's very close. I think the one's just coming through at the end there, so I think the ones have it. All right, let's check it out. All the way down from little old Australia, ladies and gentlemen, the land of unity and diversity. Let's have a look. There are claims tonight racist taunts were behind an ugly brawl at a Brisbane soccer match. Ah. The sports governing body is now investigating, while other clubs are joining forces this weekend to send a strong message Good. to fans. <laughs> There's, there's nothing I like more than, you know, organised sporting bodies sending strong messages to fans because that always works, right? You know, how do, we deal, how do we deal with this very small, isolated incident that took place at a local football game with maybe what looks like to be maybe 200 people in attendance, right? So this is not like the national competition. This is a local city competition, right? It's like the Premier League, the Brisbane Premier League. There's something you have to understand about soccer clubs in this country too. Um, not the not the teams that are like our top competition, like you know, our version of like the Eredivisie or the Bundesliga or the Premier League or whatever is called the A League. <clears throat> so there's like two Sydney, three Sydney teams, three Melbourne teams, two Brisbane teams, two Adelaide teams. Is there two Adelaide teams? No, just one Adelaide team, one Perth team, right? So that's like the national competition. But underneath that, you have lower grades. And you have to. What you have to understand is, with all of the lower grades football in this country, soccer, it's all, it's all very ethnically based. Based, ethnically based. So the clubs will be often like. So for example, the club that I supported growing up, before there was like a national competition, is Sydney United. But they used to be called Sydney Croatia. I had a lot of Croatian friends growing up, so I, I used to follow Sydney Croatia. And it's called Sydney Croatia because it's like the Sydney Croatia Club. Now, one of their, the other teams like in their area is Marconi Stallions. That's an Italian club, right? Like that's where all the Italians in that area go for dinner and fucking entertainment and shit. Another club that's close in the area is the Bonnie Rig White Eagles. They're, they're Serbian. That's a Serbian club, right? So it was always a good time when the White Eagles played against Sydney Croatia because, you know, it's Croats versus Serbs. I mean... So there's a lot of like, you know, ethnic based, based, ethnic, it's all down ethnic lines, all of the football clubs. And in Brisbane, it's no different. In Melbourne, it's no different. It's all the same. The national teams, the ones in the national competition, they kind of whitewash any kind of ethnic, you know, based 
uh, associations away. They do their best to like not have that because they, they they want to do the regular kind of gay sports thing, which oh we're family friendly. Bring your kids and stuff. We won't even racially taunt the opposition. But that's been a part of soccer in this country since the beginning. Honestly. So you have to keep that in mind when you see stories like this. Let's carry on. Fury on the sidelines of a football match. Fists fly as this fight becomes so intense it stops the game. Players try to become peacemakers. But it does little. The brawl spills over into the car park hey. of the St George Football Club in Willowong, near Logan. This is just beyond a joke. Nine News has viewed statements from witnesses. They believe this all-in was sparked by racial and abusive taunts. Okay. A number of uh, those players were certainly called some racist names. Mark Britton, the president of the Mount Gravatt Hawks, says his team, members and supporters were on the receiving end. So I think this uh, Mount Gravatt Hawks, I think they have like a number of like, say... Uh, either kids of like Sudanese parents or you know like a lot of a lot more African kids in their team or African guys but the team that they were playing against which is never mentioned funnily enough the team that they were playing against is ne the name is never mentioned in uh, this story well not their real name they just call them the St. George Football Club which is technically true but have a look at this. My members and supporters uh, with kids that have reached out to me and say that they were verbally attacked. Yep. Nine News is... It's the Serbian Australian Community Cultural and Sports Centre. <laughs> See what I mean? It's not just the St. George Football Club. It's the Serbian Club as well. <laughs> now, even, even though I, I grew up supporting Sydney, Croatia, I'm not a Croatian. I don't have anything against Serbians. You know what I mean? My Croatian friends would fucking spit and, you know, lose their minds when they played against White Eagles. But I, I never really cared about I, I just cared more about the football itself because I wasn't part of that ethnic group anyway, so it never really bothered me. I never got involved in the fights. Um, <laughs> but they never they never seem to mention in this story that it's the Serbian club that we're talking about. Oh, I wonder why that is. Why don't we... Could it possibly be that we don't want to portray... Uh, the image that other immigrants are racist towards other immigrants? I mean, no, 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 of course not. Because to the corporate press and the politicians and whatnot, ladies and gentlemen, and the cultural elitists who walk amongst us, only, like, all immigrants are in one group. That's the way they see it. Because they're either very dishonest or very dense individuals. Now, those of us who have grown up in, like, really high ethnic minority or migrant areas, right? high populations of immigrants know that that is complete and utter bullshit. All of the immigrant groups are always fighting with all of the other immigrant groups. Now, I put out a tweet yesterday. It was something like, most Asians hate other Asians more than they hate white people. Most black people hate other black people more than they hate white people. White people hate other white people more than they hate Asians and black people, right? And if this sounds offensive to you, then you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. You just don't know. You know, talking about lived experience like we were at the start of the show, you just don't have that lived experience. You don't know. You're probably a white upper middle class person who lives in a gated community or something, and you see the world as people like you versus people like them. But it's just not true. Because, like I said, having grown up with a whole bunch of friends from, like, Chinese friends to Filipino friends, right, 
uh, Arab friends, had an Egyptian mate, um, you know, Samoans and Tongans, Pacific Islanders, Pakistanis, Indians, Sri Lankans, the fucking lot, right? Serbians, Croats, they all hate each other (laughs) just as much, just as much. And some of them hate others more than others, right? You know, the Chinese don't like the Japanese, the Serbs don't like the Croats, the the North Africans don't like the West Africans, right? Indians don't get on well with the Pakistanis. Indians also don't like Chinese very much, right? This is all this is all part of it. No, no South Africa speaking of Africans, nobody likes South Africans, white South Africans or brown South Africans. They're all arrogant fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> nobody likes South Africans, right? You know, people from people with English backgrounds don't like French people. But if this see this is this this level of nuance which is very small and very basic like i'm looking at the comments in the chat everybody understands this here everybody in this chat room agrees we understand we get it but the people who put out these stories and these talking points and the politicians who make speeches and the corporate media hacks ladies and gentlemen that's too complicated for them like i said they're either being disingenuous or they're just dumb people they just don't know they don't know what it's really like between groups. They pretend that it's the white upper middle class people versus everybody else. You know, and either that helps them, I don't know, either that helps them with an agenda or, like I said, they might just be very dumb individuals. Who knows? One or the other. You decide. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick five-minute break here on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie, refresh my beverage, when we return, we'll open up the phone line. So if you want to call in, uh, that number is 646-583-2700. That number again, 646-583-2700. If you want to call in after the break, we'll open the phone lines up. And we've got some other stuff to cover. We might check in with Toddles. We've got some cart narcs that we can do. Maybe a couple of funny local stories as well. We'll see what direction it takes. So stick around. We'll be back in five. Friday night edition, Daily Boogie Podcast. See you soon. Ian Michael, Glass Art, head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations in suggesting that Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen you know, of this generation. Uh, I recommend him to all of our... Our, our service members and all of our, our union members require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art. Not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria? Not knowing whether to wear a mask or not. Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... 
It's Charworthington here with Char Money Live, where you can have a chahoochinani of a good time. We have everything from current events to a chasource in McCarran, where these chicans just be going chug crazy. It's off the hinge. We even got Karen's jumping off of trailers. We got Karen's going chug crazy over french fries. We even have Karen's that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamonix Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off Karen's to come within six feet of your decision, expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence of the lack of bullshit in your life, and the instant ability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the Chamonix hotline immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time and transition from sleep to awake. the Nazi. <laughs> yes! Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Harry the Nazi. Are you ready for this? Harry says sorry for Nazi costume. Now he's marrying a biracial woman. All is forgiven. It's no longer a center of white privilege and <laughs> those evil white, white English people. Prince Harry has apologized for wearing a swastika armband to a friend's fancy dress party. How dare he? You better go out and marry a half black girl right now. <laughs> Harry, you have brought shame upon this house and this institution. You are a disgrace to the crown, and you are an embarrassment to dear old England. I demand that you go to America immediately and find yourself one of these half-caste ladies willing to jump into bed with you. At that moment, we will celebrate it. We will tell all the people that you are no longer Nazi. You are now reformed. You are progressive, and you are the embodiment and the beacon for future, future relationships. And we, together, we will end racism, Harry. We will end racism. And thank you, Nana. Thank you, Nana. You know, I was planning on having sex with a number of women in America. No, Harry! No, no, no. I just want you to focus on the coloured folks. You know those coloured folks? They have more coloured folks in America than we do over here. So please, Harry, when you're looking for somebody to insert your penis into, make sure she's a little bit tinged. Okay, thank you, darling. Of course, all the tickets are paid for. Very well. Good night, Harry. I look forward to the wedding. <laughs> When you're out on the job, remember your training. You know how to handle this. Don't forget, Smens. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. 
anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms. Police have reported. More I don't This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Hey, coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Last show for the week, Friday night, easing you into the weekend, lubing you up and easing you into the weekend here on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's throw this up. If you want to call in and have your say in the next portion of the show, as Nikki Fruit Loops calls it, the next portion of the program, uh, there's the number, 646-583-2700. The number again, 646-583-2700. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter, if you'd like to leave a tip, you know, you know how to do it. You know how to do it. If you don't know how to do it by now, then I don't fucking want your money. Fuck off. Fuck you. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. See? See? I made a joke. I made a funny. That's called banter. Thank you for joining us. All right. <clears throat> now, where do we want to go? We should we should actually do the restaurant because a lot of people voted to see the racist restaurant. So let's have a look here. I need to get off the intro music, get back to something a little more suiting. That's better. Now we're talking. Because if I talk about racism and offensiveness and disgusting things, I need to have a nice, chill music bed underneath me. It's just the way I roll, man. It's just the way I roll. It's not about filling dead air or anything. It's about keeping keeping me emotionally on track. Because if it was just this, all it, it would just be a constant stream of side issues and getting off track and telling stories. And it would just end up being a fucking mess, this show. So if I keep a little bit of this playing in the background, huh? that keeps my very damaged brain on topic somewhat. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. It's disgusting. Everett restaurant owner to rename business after residents protest offensive name. Let's have a look at this. There's nothing I like more than a good outrage campaign, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what this offensive restaurant was called. Because we're now working our way through the various food groups when it comes to racism and oppression, uh, oppression, aren't we? So we got rid of Aunt Jemima. We can't have a black lady on a bottle anymore. So we got rid of her. We're changing coon cheese to now cheer cheese. Oh, happy cheese. Happiness. Yay, happy, happy. <laughs> like, that's got to be the most transparent fucking pandering one so far. Okay. So coon cheese was named after... Uh, what was his name? William Coon. Thank you for coming. I see you in here. Coon Cheese was named after, I think his name was William Coon. And he developed a certain way of making cheese or something. So the company's been named after him for fucking years and years and years. Um, let me see here. But now we've, so because a lot of people over the, they've been working on Coon Cheese for like 10 years. And they finally got their way. So Coon was you know, kind of shamed into changing its name because that's a mean word. You can't say that kind of word. And now they've changed it. Like I said, the most the most transparent pandering that I've seen. Sorry, I'm just looking for something at the same time here. The most transparent pandering I've seen. We've changed it from coon cheese to cheer cheese. Now it's happy cheese. <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. We love black people. Cheese. Cheers to cheer cheese. 
Put a smile on your face with Chew Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, that's not the one I'm looking for. There's a very particular ad. We've played it on the show before. Okay, hang on. I'll find it this way. Because I think it's being... I think it's being played with. Okay, here we go. So, a little quick introduction, just in case you missed it the first time we played it, ladies and gentlemen. A little introduction to Australian, an Australian brand for the ages, Coon Cheese. This is what we grew up with here in this country. This story is sad, for no one was pleased when young Kenny Malone, ha, she bought the wrong cheese. Because it always goes down like a lead balloon when the family comes home to a house with no coon. That's right. Nice happy fa- cheer cheese. Nice happy family for cheer cheese. <laughs> when the family comes home to a house with no coon. <laughs> Holy fuck, this is giving me flashback. Because Foggy in the chat, he's an Aussie as well, so he'd fucking know. Do you remember Peter Russell Clark, Foggy? Remember him? Peter Russell Clark! Peter Russell Clark was a personality here on Australian TV. I don't nobody really knows what his specialty was. He was a bearded man who used to do like little five-minute food videos. I guess like various food companies used to pay for his endorsement. Was he a TV chef really? I'm not sure if he qualified as one. He was just kind of like the food guy. Peter Russell Clark. And he he did a bunch of coon cheese commercials. <laughs> so play this one one more time because I just love it. This story is sad. It's actually, it's actually the tune that you're listening to. I know Ben K Veritas or Oh Really You Don't Say in YouTube is probably listening in the background while he's working. Uh, the tune is based on a Slim Dusty song, which is like Australia's most famous country music guy, Slim Dusty, called The, the Pub With No Beer. You know, it's stories, uh, lonesome and drear, then to stand at the bar in the pub with no beer. All right, so it's a cover of that. This story is sad, for no one was pleased when young Kenny Malone, ha, she bought the wrong cheese, cause it always goes down like a lead balloon, when the family comes home to a house with no coon. That's right folks, you can always rely on coon cheese, because coon cheese is made the way good cheese should be made. So don't let your home be a house with no coon. Don't be a house with no coon. <laughs> so like I said, we've been on the we've been on the food war path for a long time now with various things. Coon cheese is gone. I remember saying to friends of mine, fuck years ago, man. Long before I was doing podcasting or anything. These conversations were happening like 10 years ago. My wife will tell you now, actually. This is a fun... If you want a little behind the curtain, you know, a little open of the kimono, a little bit of Boogie's private life, this is a real thing that's happened many times now. So when my wife and I first started, you know, dating or whatever, we've been together, what, 18 years now? Since we were both teenagers, right? And we're now getting ever closer to 40. So a long fucking time. And when we first started going out together, I would say things like about this, these these kinds of issues to her back then. I'd say, you watch, these people are going to get crazy. They're going to start calling to like ban company names because they'll be offensive. 
Uh, people will accuse you of being racism because you buy the wrong fucking cheese and shit. And she would say things like, that's ridiculous. Oh, there goes, there goes my guy again. Don't worry, don't listen to him. He's just crazy like that. He, he says all these crazy things. And she's told me like a few times now, she'll be sitting there like having a conversation with her girlfriends, right? Having a drink or whatever, having some lunch. And somebody will bring up one of the topics that I was talking to her about like over a decade ago. <laughs> and she says to them, she sighs and she rolls her eyes. And it's like, oh. and they're like, what? And she's like, my husband was fucking talking about this years ago. And he used to, I used to say to her, just wait, you'll see. <laughs> And now she tells me if, when these occasions come up. And, you know, reluct she reluctantly informs me that I was right. <laughs> she's not prone to telling me that I'm right very often. <laughs> I mean, she's a wife. Why would she? They don't do that. Wives don't admit fault and wives don't tell you that you're right. The great line from Marge Simpson, one that I often repeat to my wife, is, you know, marriage is about love and respect, yes, but it's also a constant battle for moral superiority. <laughs> so she doesn't like admitting it, but she knows. I was talking about this shit years ago, and now here we are. So anyway, so now the blast radius needs to expand, you see. Because we're, we're running out of things to ban. We're running out of names to change. We're running out of progress to be had. So we need to find more and more and more and more. Oh, I hate when page, these pages reload on their own. So this is the latest one that I've come across, and I, I love a good outrage campaign. This show would be nothing without you idiots out there getting angry at shit. Near this hour, we are hearing now from the owner of that controversial restaurant in Everett called Soup Nazi Kitchen. It's <laughs> The Soup Nazi Kitchen. Come on, man. Press one in the chat if you were a Seinfeld fan growing up. I was. I still am. Growing up for me, it was Seinfeld and Simpsons. Those were the two shows that I was most dedicated to. Uh, uh, shit, uh, and I can tell you another little story. Why not? It's Friday night. We can tell a little story from time to time. Um, growing up, so when I first moved out of home, I was living, I've told you the story of the guy I was living with before. Uh, he he was one. He was the first guy to teach me like a few songs on guitar and shit. We were both playing in bands at the time. Uh, his band was much bigger than mine, but we were both playing. So we were sharing a house. We were both playing in bands, right? It was it was fun. It was a good time looking back. But you know, I was what eighteen at the time. So, but when we moved out, we had a TV, but we didn't have an aerial. Like we didn't have an antenna, so we couldn't get any television channels. But I had a VHS player, like an old VHS player, yes. And I had recorded like, I don't know, maybe maybe five or six seasons worth of different Seinfeld episodes, like the old-fashioned way, recording it off the TV. So I had like four or five VHS tapes just full of Seinfeld episodes. That's we, So we pretty much just watched the same Seinfeld episodes over and over again for like a year. Because <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing we had. We didn't watch TV very often. Usually it was like listening to music and talking. Even we didn't spend much time at our place because we lived across the road from a club. So we were most often in the club most days anyway. But when we were at home, we had nothing to watch. So we just watched Seinfeld over and over again. So I can repeat like verbatim numerous Seinfeld episodes off the top of my head. So that's how much I liked Seinfeld, right? So growing up, it was Seinfeld and The Simpsons. 
Now, this place is obviously, if you're a Seinfeld fan, you recognize it instantly. The soup Nazi is a character in a Seinfeld episode. No soup for you. Come back one year. Right? I mean, they did a whole episode about the soup Nazi on Seinfeld back in the day. But now look at where we are now. And it's one of the funniest episodes. But look at where we are now. So a, a restaurant that opened, I guess, what, this year or something? It, it, consider this. A restaurant which is called the Soup Nazi Kitchen, which is named after a hilarious sitcom episode from the, from the mid-1990s, right? Sometimes you have to step back and, and really analyse the crazy that we're looking at here, the lunacy that we're looking at, the outrage that we're witnessing. This restaurant, which is named after a hilarious sitcom episode from the mid-1990s, it, it now draw, it's not only just offensive, it now draws fucking community protest organisers. People were showing up to this fucking restaurant and, like, marching out the front and calling them Nazis and stuff. People are unhinged, mate. Unfucking hinged. Winning TV with a diamond, dlive.tv slash winning TV. By the way, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Is it still 8 p.m., Phil, or is it 9 p.m. now for winning TV? Anyway, he'll let us know. How come I didn't get bread? No, for you. Yeah, but everybody else, you want bread? $2. <laughs> but everybody else got free bread. Oh, bread? No soup for you. <coughs> come back one year. <laughs> There's a procedure. I suffer for my soup. Yes. How can I expect any less from my customers? Yes. You understand me. <laughs> I mean, community outrage over Super Nazi Kitchen. And like I was talking about in the first part of the show, if you're somebody that gets really upset by like the name of a soup restaurant called the Soup Nazi, I would eat there just because I'd be like, huh, cool. Seinfeld fans, all right. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna have some soup at the Soup Nazi. Fuck yeah, why not? Um if you're somebody who gets upset, it's like, I don't hate you or anything. I'm, I'm not even annoyed by you. You know, I, I just I just don't want to be around you as a person. Life's too short, man. I think I'm getting too old to fight over this shit. I, I, it's not the same as giving up, I don't think. I'm I, Like, I'm not giving up, but I'm not fighting wars over it either. And if you want to fight wars over, you know, the names of restaurants like the Soup Nazi Kitchen, if, if this is your, like, if this, this is your mission in life, then please don't talk to me. Please. Stick with your friends and, you know, go, go and meet people who think like you because I don't want to have anything to do with it, man. I just don't. You must just... Being around you must be just like a soul-sucking fucking experience. Sucking the life out of you. You know, like... Like an ancient demigod putting their hand on your neck and, and draining your life force so they can absorb your soul and go on a rampage throughout the world. That's the feeling that I get when I'm around people like you. White, black or otherwise. All right, let's have a look. But I do enjoy a good outrage campaign, so there's that. Spark protests, even vandalism this week. Vandalism! Andrew Ho says it is what it is. I've... Do you see? Uh oh, so oh, so the restaurant owner is Andrew Ho. Are you meaning to tell me that the restaurant owner is an Asian man? Would this count as anti-Asian racism, ladies and gentlemen? No, he had a soup Nazi banner on his wall. Therefore, he deserves to be attacked. Oh, you see how this works? <laughs> Imagine this. So a bunch of white people. 
are attacking this Asian man because he called his restaurant the Soup Nazi at the same time as the entire rest of the corporate media is angry that white people are attacking Asians. But on this occasion, they take the side of the protesters. Did you hear what she said here? She said the name of this the name of this restaurant has sparked vandalism. She's blaming the victim, literally blaming the victim. Have a listen one more time. She says it sparks backlash and vandalism. Like the vandalism is being caused by this restaurant name. No, no, no. the vandalism is being caused by knuckle-dragging savages, mate. The vandalism is being caused by barely Neanderthal humans who, you know, as though they were living in the ruthless cutthroat world of the animal kingdom, in order to express their disapproval, they don't use their words, but instead shit in their hands and throw it at a wall. That's what we're dealing with. Oh, their, their vandalism, their brazen act of destroying somebody else's property was caused by that person having a clever name to a restaurant which they didn't like, which hurt them in their fee which made their vagina itchy. So they proceeded to shit in their hand and throw it at them. And these are the ones we're supposed to be following, by the way. These are the ones we're supposed to be listening to. And I, I fucking guarantee you, even though I haven't watched this clip, I guarantee you that the protests are going to be led by some white upper middle class fucking person, probably with bold frame fucking glasses. Let's see. I tell you what, if if we do get the bold frame glasses person who's leading the charge against this soup kitchen for having an offensive name, I will throw a bunch of lemons in uh, lemons, a bunch of lemons on the chest. I'll I'll throw a bunch of lemons in the chest. See, I fuck up words sometimes. You know why? Because growing up, I would spend so much time speaking in different accents for fun, even as a kid, like speaking in silly accents and shit. It became so much a part of my vernacular that now I just accidentally speak in accents from time to time. That's so much fun. What the hell is wrong with me? So I'll throw some lemons on the chest. A bit of kiwi for you. I'll throw some lemons in the chest and it'll be like a prize giveaway. If we get the bold frame glasses, let's have a look. Protests, even vandalism this week. Andrew Ho says it is what it is. I've created controversy before, so I'm, I'm used to it, you know? Um, so the, the degree of outrage is a little more than I'm used to, but um, I've experienced. Based. Asians really are based. I don't believe for a second the current thing that we're seeing. You know how a bunch of, um, like, say, for example, a bunch of Asian women are now being trotted out by CNN. They use, they're literally using them as, you know some kind of weird trophy, some kind of weird achievement. They go, look at all of the Asian women we have looking here, uh, working here, at the same time that they're angry that people apparently fetishize Asian women. <laughs> you know, this idea that white people put Asian women up on pedestals is absolutely disgusting. Here are our exactly nine Asian correspondents to tell you why. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking dumb. But people lap it up. <laughs> yes, anti-racist, we're so good at this shit. We're so good. You know, what I really don't like about the modern world is how white men fetishize Asian women. Here's a white man p 
pointing out the nine individual Asian women he had working for him. <laughs> Look at how Asian and woman they are. Look at that. Some lovely Asian women for you. By the way, don't fetishize Asian women. That's <laughs> how stupid we are now. All right, where were we? Oh, that's right, this poor Asian man. Uh, he's being attacked because he so an Asian man calls his his restaurant the Soup Nazi Kitchen, and white people attack him. <laughs> Don't you just love twenty twenty one? I can't get enough. Called Soup Nazi Kitchen. Soup it sparked Nazi protests, kitchen. even vandalism this week. Mm. Andrew Ho says it, it caused is what vandalism, it is. not the people, not the vandals. I've created controversy before, so I'm I'm used yeah. to it. You know. Um, like I was saying before I got so sidetracked, um, I don't believe the current trot out of Asian women and they're talking about how offended they are all the time. All of the Asians I've ever known in my life have been pretty fucking based. Pretty based. And they don't mind telling you, they don't mind telling you what they think of people and they're not easily offended either. Generally speaking. You know, um, the Asians that I've known growing up in my life, if you say something about, you know, being Asian or make a joke about an Asian country or something, they'll just go, <laughs> go fuck your mother, you know, <laughs> whatever. And they'll, they'll give it back to you. They'll be racist back. And it's fun. This is what we're supposed to grow up with. These are the, these are the good times that children nowadays are being robbed of by their parents and their teachers. We've got a call coming in. Somebody's decided to join us on the show. Hello, caller. Hey, what's up? What's it's up? Ben. Hey, what's happening? Ben K. Veritas. Oh, really? You don't say? Thank you for joining us, Ben. <laughs> what's happening? Yep. What do you know? Oh, this is, this is awesome. I'm I'm <laughs> surprised that they haven't uh, gotten 10 times the business in their first quarter than they expected. Yeah. News right. headlines and crowds. Yeah. Like a Chick-fil-A should, kind of effect. capitalize. Right. Should, right. You think he should that start was, marketing uh, that, himself to, you know, the Nazis, start putting up more Nazi stuff. <laughs> well, if there was a if there was a crowd outside, he should have sent a couple employees out there with $1 samples. Ah, now you think it. See, this is why I like you. You're an entrepreneur. That's a very good idea. Yeah. So not free samples though because he is Asian, so he wouldn't be giving it shit away. No. <laughs> No, because there's reasoning to that. Yeah. If you're charging a dollar for the sample yep. and they knock the, the product out of your hand, first mm. of all, it's like dangerous to knock hot soup out of somebody's hand. But it is. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is it's store property at that point. It's not a it's not a complete donation. So, ah, so store property could, gets damaged. You could get them arrested, maybe. Right. <laughs> for stealing yeah, your property. Well, <laughs> you break it, you bought it, pal. If they get charged. I don't know. Their their passion might get them out of any charges. That's true. Yeah. Well, the police chief is probably going to be standing right there with them. Yeah. We we stand in solidarity with the upper middle class angry white people with bold framed glasses who are picking on this Asian man because he put the the word Nazi in the name of his kitchen. We stand with them. You know, we we, we will not tolerate this Nazism. <laughs> <laughs> he could have made a backpedal statement like a like a slogan. We're we're Nazis about the flavor of our soup. Something like that. <laughs> look, I mean, look at his look at his look at his look at his face mask. It says "Be kind, not oh, nice." <laughs> oh, he's just stone faced about it. He's like, "Yeah, it's controversial. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. 
He's like, it's not even the first time. It's not even the first time I've pissed people yeah. off. So he gives a fuck. I mean, if this was a white guy who had the soup Nazi kitchen, it'd be like, I want to put out a statement. I want to let everybody know that I have never once in my life ever discriminated against it. You know, that he'd be falling over himself, right? To, he'd be begging for right. mercy. But this guy's like, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a little bit of uh, crowds yelling stuff every once in a while. He doesn't want to go out and buy plywood for his windows if it gets that bad. No. Well, apparently, though, he did change the name of the kitchen. We just haven't got to that part yet. Oh, shoot. Yeah, apparently he changed no. it. Yeah, so he did fold eventually. Maybe there, there weren't enough actual Nazis to support the business. <laughs> <laughs> there was just like three guys showing up every morning with shaved heads and Doc Martin yeah. boots. I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, let me get let me get some of that soup. Yeah. Uh, can I get more of that sauerkraut soup again? We're, you know, we're only making it for you. Yeah, I know. I'm not having any of that. I'm not having any of that fucking wog shit, mate. <laughs> right. I don't want any of that Asian noodle shit. Give me some white people soup. It's just got a, it's just got a bunch of cauliflower in it. That's it. Gulliflare and onion. <laughs> you know that? Uh, I heard that Sticks and Hammer. I watched that guy every once Sticks, in a while. Sticks and Hammer? And he was yeah. talking about, yeah, um, he was talking about the politicization of fast food chains, like corporate fast food joints. And yep. he was like, don't eat any of it, <laughs> regardless yeah. of the politics. Like, you choose your favorite chemical burger based on a corporate tweet or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like you're gonna eat Chick Fil A because that's the the chemical chicken that yeah suits your politics. That's, that's God's People chicken. People are missing the point. That's right. That's the chicken. Right. What would Jesus eat? It would be Chick Fil A. But now they're coming to these local establishments and yeah. basically forcing them to choose a side yep. if they haven't yet. Well, they t of course because you know, like that's something we've spoken about on the show a lot, isn't it? Like they they need politics to be everything. Politics has to be everything, everywhere, at all times. So everything can be, every issue can be a political issue at the drop of a hat, right? Because but he you know, didn't say, "I'm on your side." No, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I'm on your side. Well, let's continue. Let's have a look here. Let's see what he says. The degree of outrage was a little more than I'm used to, but um, I've experienced. Yeah. A small group of protesters gathered outside of the business. <laughs> Now you can't see. Can you see the screen, Ben? No, mine. Okay. My uh, ben, screen is paused. <laughs> at the moment. I wish we had have got to this this point earlier on, because now I'm starting to hate the Asian guy for changing the name of the place. The small group of protesters. <laughs> I shit you not. The small group of protesters. We are talking about four obese women. <laughs> four, not forty, not four hundred. Four. Um, one of them sucking on a cigarette. She actually looks like she's waiting for a bus. She doesn't look like she looks like she's even there for the protest. <laughs> a small group of but look at the look at the Chiron. It says community outrage. How small is this fucking community? There's, there's three it's people. A, it's a large group, but a very small turnout. Ah, I see what you did there. Very good. At, they've got a lot of heart, Ben. And other vital right. organs, yeah. <laughs> Let's carry on. Business today to say that it is not welcome there. The name oh. is a play on the Look classics. At, and so we've got broken glass now, so they've been throwing, you know, rocks through the windows and shit. Seinfeld. I mean, I, obviously, the, the, on the upside, if the 
if the protest group consists of three obese lesbians in a very small community, they should be relatively easy to track down, shouldn't they? Like, this mystery shouldn't go, you know, unlearned for too long, should it? How bad? Well, they're not protesting eating, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, but come on, fat chicks don't eat soup, bro. I mean, how. What are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice like a small walk to get to a mm. establishment with a name that doesn't contain Nazi? That's true. Uh, they they see they're masking their true intentions. They're not really against the name of the soup kitchen. They just want the soup kitchen replaced with a Dippin' Dots, or or perhaps a Popeyes. Right. right? Can we get some fucking fried chicken in here, please? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't keep up this physique on soup, you fucking Nazi. I mean, imagine accusing an Asian guy of being a Nazi because his his kitchen is called the Soup Nazi Kitchen. What the fuck is going on? And like to, uh, throwing rocks right. through his window, like actual legitimate physical real world fascism, throwing rocks through his window, telling him that he's not welcome in the community. And the corporate Probably press, is, they... the corporate press is on the side of these community outrage protesters. All three of them, obese lesbians. Oh, well, what the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> what is happening? misallocation of funds at the news station there. Right, the abortion clinic. Um, what? Oh, oh, I didn't say that. Hey, with that, hey, I'm going to drop out. Thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, just some jokes. Yeah, what's out there? <laughs> All right. Well, anything else Anything else you want to add, Ben, while we got you? No, no, not this time. Okay. I just want to see if the call button still works. All right. Well, it does. Thank you for testing the call button. Thank you for making sure the bell works. Appreciate it. Ben K. Veritas, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the call, mate. We'll see you. See ya. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Ben K. Veritas. Let's carry on with our our clip here because we're learning things. This is good. I like learning things on a Friday. ...of the business today to say that it is not welcomed there. The name is a play on the classic Seinfeld episode joke. And while some say it's harmless, an image of a young woman in Nazi clothing has now been deleted from the restaurant's website. I mean, he even put a woman there. You know, he's empowering women, right? He could have easily have gone with like a little picture of Hitler or something, right? Or at least a picture of a white man, but he didn't do that. He went with a little female Nazi, which is nice, isn't it? You know, not... There weren't only male Nazis, you misogynist creep, you bigot. There were girl Nazis too. Also notice that the Nazi is a woman of colour. Frozen Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is just such a... I mean, you know, this is an onion story. And I don't mean onion in terms of satire. I mean layers. Layers that eventually make you cry. Asian man getting rocks thrown through his window, being told that he's not welcome there by white lesbians. Because the name of his kitchen is The Soup Nazi Kitchen... And he's empowering women. I mean, it's all of the thing. It's all of the multiple layers of outrage all rolled into one delicious little treat. Maybe even an onion soup. Kitty B in a chat. I too am a black Nazi. <laughs> the leader for the anti-defamation. <laughs> she is. That's the soup Nazi kitchen. <laughs> okay. So that's the image he was using on the website. 
If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. It's a little anime Nazi girl. <laughs> oh, Fraco, who care? You're funny. League said making light of Nazism is dangerous. Oh, really? We have seen... Making making light of Nazism is dangerous. To who? To who? To to the three obese lesbians who could be bothered going out there to protest that day? Where are they? To these people? <laughs> dangerous to whom, my dear? Dangerous to whom? You're a very funny man. For the Anti-Defamation League, the anti -defamation said making light League. of Nazism is dangerous. Right. We have seen a real prevalence of white supremacist activity in, in wow. the Snohomish area. So I do think it's it's pretty important that communities hold you know people accountable. Wow. I could feel it in my bones. I mean. The Anti-Defamation League. They, they have no problem with this Asian man having rocks thrown through his window. In their, I mean, her her actual words were holding people accountable. So what, this Asian immigrant is being held accountable for what exactly? White supremacist violence? The fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong? When I think about the way we used to be you took from me I know that I am so much better I mean you've got actual legitimate fascist tactics this isn't this isn't a meme anymore it's happening now I don't know man. I don't know these hold you know people accountable said that the Holding name was inspired not just by Seinfeld, but his experience going into businesses during the pandemic. He also said that he does not consider the... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it, because if you know the Seinfeld episode, the soup Nazi makes everybody stand up and wait in a line, social distance, so it was also his experience serving food, going into restaurants during the pandemic. Okay, now the plot thickens. Now we're starting to see why they really don't like this guy. <laughs> He's got a point, though. That's I never even thought of that. That's exactly what it was like going into restaurants. Everybody had to stand in a queue. You had to stand six feet apart, right? One person at a time at the counter. He's 100% fucking on the money. This is what happened. Everybody turned into the soup Nazi. Fantastic work from this individual. I love him. There you go. Um, okay, we can go. We've got one more item I think we can get to tonight. So we'll leave it up to you. You tell me what you want to do for this last little 15 minutes to lubricate and ease you into Friday. We've got a Toddles clip where he gets mad and beats himself up, courtesy of Kitty B. Thank you for Kitty B. Uh, we've got My Girlfriend Acts Like a Dog, and I like it. <laughs> um, we've And we've also got Nats Would I Reckon doing a video conference cooking 
um, tutorial for somebody. So there's a girl trying to follow along with what Nat's what I reckon is doing in his kitchen, like via a laptop camera. So you decide the three options. We've got Toddles getting angry and beating himself up. Two, my girlfriend acts like a dog and I love it. Or three, Nat's what I reckon trying to teach um, a blonde ditzy woman how to cook shit. You, d- you decide. What do you want to do? Cabaret in a chat saying, anyone who votes for anything except toddles should be banished immediately. Looks like most of the audience is going to be banished, I'm afraid, Cabaret. <laughs> and just when I was about to give you that moderator privilege. <laughs> Ban them all. Ban them all. Kick them all out. Fuck them. Jim Edwards saying JJ played the dog girl last week, I think. He might have, but there's a lot of them. There's a few dog girls on the internet, so <laughs> the chances are it could be a totally different one as well. <laughs> I, th- I think the threes have it, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, the threes have it, so we'll 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 circle back. I know I said I was gonna do carton arcs tonight, but hey, sometimes plans change. Um so we'll circle back to Toddles next week. How about that? Burn the violators. So let's have a look here. The threes just have it. And that's what I reckon. Apparently, uh, showing somebody how to cook something. <laughs> I don't know. Showing somebody how to cook something via a laptop webcam. Let's have a look. I don't know who has been pissing on your beers, basically. <laughs> Hello. How are you going? Good morning. Good evening. Yeah, it's just a casual 11 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah, it's a casual fucking 8 in the morning. Yeah, what are we cooking? I get the sneaking suspicion. You see how Nat's replied there? Yeah, it's a fucking casual 8 a.m. in the morning, right? Good evening. Yeah, it's just a casual 11 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah, it's a casual fucking 8 in the morning. It's a casual fucking 8 in the morning. I've got the feeling that whether it's 8 in the morning or, you know, 2 in the morning or 8 o'clock at night, I reckon his response would always be the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's a casual 10 p.m. at night. Yeah, it's casual 8 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, it's a casual four o'clock in the morning. Now, there's a lot of conjecture in the chat about the guest. People are saying that uh, apparently this is a man. People are convinced. Now, I've been doing live stream. I've been doing live streaming long enough to never assume. Never, ever assume. Because, you know, it's, it's easy to be wrong. Sometimes it can be, you can be surprised. Uh, you know, imagine how much easier things would be if we could go back to the time of, uh, you know, say Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> you know what? It's Friday. Why not a little bit of flashback from the pra- little flashback from the past? A little bit of how does how do Australians deal with <laughs> this question of, uh, let's say, unclear identity? Let's have a look here. Okay, this is the way we used to do it. Oh, there's someone I want you to meet. Oh. Where the sad face come up to my oh, place and live it up. Oh, you wonderful. Tell me, who's the new man? Well, this is the man I'm writing about, Nick Dundee. There you go. Something matter, darling. 
It's okay. It's okay. He's Australian. It's okay. He's Australian. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh. Ah, pleased to meet you. It's okay. He's Australian. That's what we all do here. Grab him by the pussy. So imagine how much less complicated things would be if we could just figure that out. So in the meantime, I'll leave it up to you whether or not Nat's guest is, you know, of a particular identity or not. I'm not going to get involved because I can't reach their crotch from here. I can't. I can't do it. If I were in, if I were within grabbing distance, then I'd know in a heartbeat whether or what, you know, kind of what we're dealing with here. But unfortunately, I don't have that luxury. So we're just going to have to let people decide on their own. Friday night. Yeah, it's a casual fucking eight in the morning. <laughs> yeah, what are we? Warden Gordon in the chat. That's not a knife. That's a cock. Cooking. A, a pumpkin and rosemary pasta. Pumpkin and rosemary pasta. <laughs> I couldn't find a. Uh... A Kent. What'd you call me? <laughs> um... <laughs> really bloody matter. Well, uh, all right, let's cut a bit of that, peel it, whatever. <laughs> He's obviously a great teacher, isn't he? You know, one of the things about teaching is it's all about communication. You've got to be able to, you know, you've got to be able to relay important information in a way that makes sense to the person who's in the class. Which can be which can be hard. It can be difficult from time to time finding the right way to explain a complex, you know, topic or a complex set of instructions. So you know, the great teachers do have this ability, don't they, of breaking down all of this conflicting information and making it, you know, easily digestible for their students. <laughs> all right? Yeah, any old pumpkin doesn't really bloody... Okay, so you didn't get one of the pumpkins that I asked for, but, hey, any old fucking pumpkin, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, uh, all right, let's cut a bit of that, peel it, whatever. <laughs> let's cut a bit of that and peel it, whatever. <laughs> Not that long ago, I think he did like a live fucking cooking show to an audience. I think it was in one of the casinos. I can't remember which one. And I think you had to pay to watch the live stream or something. Just imagine what you would have gotten out of it, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Grab the thing, uh, cut it up a bit, peel it, and then cut it a little bit. <laughs> I still maintain... This guy needs... You know what? In the time of YouTube, he probably doesn't fucking need it. Um, you know, I've, I've been saying for a while, this guy should be like a TV chef with the way he presents it, you know, just cut it up, put it in a pan, boil it till it's fucking cooked, mate. <laughs> Instead of like all of the wanky, all of the wanky fucking, you know, oh, 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 we need to get the finest tomatoes and trim, trim them in such a way as you want to make sure you get those flavors, mm, those wonderful flavors are just oozing through the rest of the dish. Mm, can you smell that as wonderful? A little bit of thyme, grab a little bit of basil and you tear it up. Oh, the fragrances are just wonderful. And I got these from an organic market. All of that kind of over the top yeah, shit, you know, like a theater, somebody who goes to the theater. That's what they sound like to me in my head. That's, I think that's what turns a lot of people off, you know, food, culture, and cooking and shit. Whereas this is like working class, fucking blue collar. But I, 
even though I think he should have a TV show, he's probably doing Ring better on YouTube. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, whoever that was. I need to check. Uh, one step too far. Sub streak. Thank you. The thing is, he's probably doing better on YouTube than he would be on TV because as soon as you're on TV, they'll, they're going to try and start changing your shit, right? They're going to say to him, hey, can you swear a little bit less? Don't say things like cunt on the show because <laughs> we can't put that out. We can't sell that. Hey, why don't you cook some, like, you know, diverse dishes and shit? They would, all, they would start changing him the second he walked in the fucking door. So he's probably better off just doing his own YouTube shit. We're not far away now. You know, like, say, the Lily Singh situation of being a YouTube star and then getting a TV show off the back of it, we're not far away now from the reverse happening where, you know, people who are YouTube stars will start rejecting offers to go on TV. No, why would I do TV? I've got my own thing. I can do my own fucking thing. So fuck off, you know. We're probably we're very close to that stage now. Although I do think, like, the top YouTubers would kill for, like, a cable news show and stuff for their ego, right? Hey, I I finally made it to a cable news show. I've made it. But that's not going to exist. That's that's only for people like our generation and up. Let's say like 30 years old and up maybe still think in that in those terms that the mark of success as an entertainer is by getting on TV or getting into a movie or something. I in my opinion, the kids who are younger than that, I don't reckon they view the world that way at all. They're probably happier to be like a TikTok star or something or a Twitter star or a fucking YouTube star. And if somebody says, hey, do you want to do a TV show? Go, no, I don't fucking think so. I'll just keep doing my own thing. You know, a lot of them are making really good money doing their own thing. They don't need you anymore. They don't need cable um, television. They don't need corporate media. They're just circumventing you. And I think that's that's a source for a lot of outrage for people who are still involved in legacy media and television and movies and shit is that they don't have that same allure. It's not the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that it used to be. People now have the option to just do their own. No, it's like, fuck you. It's like the equivalent of, you know, in the 1970s when all these punk bands were doing their own record presses and shit. Right? The last the last punk band that I can think of that actually, you know, kind of operated that way was a band called Fugazi. I don't know if you've heard of them. But they're like the biggest non-mainstream punk band because they just always did their own shit. They put out their own albums for like 20 years and they were huge. But if you were listening to, you know, quote-unquote mainstream music, you'd never heard of them. But their shows would sell out like overnight. Uh, they Everywhere they went would be a fucking sellout because they would make their own records and sell them like, you know, at the shows and shit. And they just completely avoided kind of mainstream labels their whole career. It's like, nah, fuck that. We'll do our own thing. It's the equivalent. It's the equivalent of that, you know, but for the YouTube generation instead. Uh, you, really, you don't say. Fugazi waiting room is my favorite. There you go. Fugazi put on amazing shows. See, so a few, a few of you there are fucking down. A few of the, few of you out there are the cool kids. So he, I don't reckon he even needs a TV show now. Really, why do it? The, the second you walk in there, they're gonna make, they're gonna own you. They're going to tell you what to wear and what to do and what to dress. I mean, it's the exact same thing as like the fucking punk movement of the 1970s and early 80s, printing their own records. So, well, I reckon that looks like a half decent sized pumpkin, or maybe like two thirds of that. Two thirds of it. 370 grams of pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. 
No, she, she, quote unquote, she is not in the spirit of the cooking show. He's like, all right, looking at the size of your pumpkin there, about two thirds of it. <laughs> and she's like, 375 grams. <laughs> this is what I was saying to you the other day. This is why men are better chefs and women are better cooks. Because to be a chef takes like, um, you know, you need to be able to take risks and be inventive and creative, right? But to be a good cook, you need to follow instructions. So a chef, like half of the shit you make up on the fly probably isn't that good because you're just mixing flavors together, you're mixing textures, you're experimenting with cooking styles and you create recipes. But women make better cooks because they're very good at following a recipe. A woman will look at a recipe and go, yes, 375 grams of pumpkin. But the guy looks at the size of the pumpkin and goes, yeah, two thirds of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, a bit more, a bit less, yeah, that'll do, right? But women have to be precise when they follow instructions. Guys make better chefs because when they get a recipe, they look at it and, you know, like putting together a fucking Ikea frame. They'll look at the they'll look at the box, look at the picture and go, yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Shouldn't you read the instructions? Yeah, fuck the instructions. What do we got? Two thirds of pumpkin, couple of pinches of salt, fucking Bob's your uncle. The girl's like, no, 375 grams, one teaspoon of salt, exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cabaret the chat, but Boogie, that isn't a woman. Come on, man. Come on. What are you tell what are you talking about? She's she's a stunner. Right, more than merrier. If you've got a pot, we can put some water in, yep. put some salt in the lid, mm -hmm. and get it on the boil. Get it. <laughs> like, see, for the... see, see what I mean? Put it in the water, pop some salt in there, put on the lid, and boil it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been watching your sneezing compilation video. You know, you can only have 100 videos in a highlight reel on Instagram because. My sneezing reel got so big that I had to start a second one. <laughs> okay, so that's Courtney's sneezing video. Okay, now I have to see. Because uh, by the looks of it, Courtney, this young, this young lady here, in the sneezing compilation video. All right, come on now. <laughs> now we have, now I, I am afraid, I have to find this. Courtney. Connect. Okay, okay. Looks like we've got a hit, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, here it is. Courtney Act is Make You Sneeze. <laughs> Are you ready? Eurovision Australia. All right. So this is the same person. Victor Von Schroom in the chat. She's a dude, Boogs. What do you keep saying that for? What do you guys keep saying that for? She's obviously a young lady here. Look at this. Look at this young lady here. You guys keep, you guys keep, uh, you know, spreading gender misinformation. You should be a little bit more respectful in our chat. <laughs> Why are you assuming? Why are you assuming gender? Don't be like that. We don't, we don't condone that kind of behavior here in this chat room. So here's the same person uh, with a viral sneezing video, apparently. I don't know. Yep. Are you ready to sneeze? Okay. Can I just pee so bad? 
really excited. I'm about to get into drag for a fun night. The love's come back into the drag. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for tonight's look. I've really got to pee. Oh. Oh. I'm allergic to London. It's horrible. Oh. Oh. I mean, it's fucking riveting stuff. Why? Why do I even? Why do I even bother doing this podcast? I just need. I need to take. I need to take video of myself sneezing, apparently. But the thing is, if I did myself sneezing, I would never be as popular as this person sneezing. <laughs> because, it's, because, you know, gaining an audience on the internet is a strange mystery to me. It really is. I, there's a formula out there, and <laughs> whoever drinks it, I think. Yeah, it's It's thrilling. <laughs> Somebody could just sneeze on camera. Next thing you know, they're in the stratosphere. They're getting invited onto Nats What I Reckon's fucking cooking show, right? <laughs> uh, this one has 160,000 views. So you get invited onto fucking cooking shows and stuff. What is the secret? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Boogie. Go on RPDR and you can sneeze for views. Yeah. Just sell out. Become a sneezer. All right. Uh, we're getting to the end of the show here. Just a couple more minutes. Let's have a look. 100 videos in a highlight reel on Instagram. Highlight the highlight reel. My sneezing reel got so big that I had to start a second one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into this pumpkin. Let's so get into the pumpkin. Just, I mean, just cut it into cubes, you know, just like. Cubes? That kind of thing. It's not a cube. That's got six sides. That's a hexagon. I left school early. <laughs> uh, half an onion. Just dice it however. Cut it up however you like. <laughs> oh, come on. It's not that bad. onion in its own bowl separately to the pumpkin. Yep. To the pumpkin. I have a rule with garlic where you just put fucking as much in as you fucking like. I love garlic. <laughs> you know when you've gone a bit too far and you wake up the next... <laughs> Let's review the steps so far. Take two-thirds of your pumpkin and cut it into fucking cubes. I don't know. Uh, get your onion and cut it up however much you want. <laughs> and for the garlic, just fucking put in as much as you feel like. <laughs> It's a very good recipe. Are you following along this recipe at home? <laughs> but the thing is, you know it's going to turn out amazing. You get these shitty fucking cooks on the internet. They'll follow a recipe, like, to the point. They'll follow a recipe as best as they possibly can, and it comes out looking like dog shit, mate. It's like, how did you... How did... So, all that's in this dish is the things that it says on this page. You need to throw the dish in, and they're like, yeah... And it comes out looking like a dog's breakfast. It looks like it's already been eaten half of the time. Because that's how bad at this you are. It would be like putting together, a, like I said, an Ikea fucking set. And, you know, having fucking shelves that are a, a diagonals, you know. It stands on one leg. There's You've put one leg on the top. And it's like, how did you end up with this? 
by following the instructions. How did you get there? But the real way to cook is just doing it by feel. Eh, take two thirds of the pumpkin. I don't know, a bit of onion. How much? How much fucking garlic do you want, mate? Throw in as much as you want. That's how you. That's the way to do shit. This morning, and you've got like a garlic hangover. <laughs> no, what's a garlic? I mean, I, I made dinner last night. I ended up accidentally making a risotto. <laughs> I swear to God, I had some chicken thigh fillet, which I don't generally like. Because it's a bit too... I, I, chicken breast. It's always got to be breast. But we had some thigh fillets in the fridge and I thought, okay, what can I do with them? Had some mushrooms. So I, I cut up the thigh fillets, kept all the chicken fat on there, cut up the thigh fillets into like, you know, not cubes, but kind of like cuby little chunks. Nothing too serious. Um, chucked it in a fry pan with olive oil. Seared it like pretty quickly and then lowered the heat. Added the mushrooms. Um, what else did I put in there? And then I added like uh, some sort of Cajun seasonings, then some milk and then some cream and ended up like bringing it right down and reducing it. So it ended up being like a creamy chicken sauce. And then I cooked some rice, but um, like boil, bring it to the boil and then leave it like soaking in a lot of water. So it came out like really wet and sticky and then added that into the creamy chicken sauce with mushroom. Next thing you know, you've got a fucking chicken and mushroom risotto. I didn't even intend to make a risotto. I just, the shit that I found in the house and just threw it together. No recipe, nothing like that. It's not fucking hard to cook stuff. You just gotta know your flavors, know what flavors work with other flavors and stuff, right? Salt, pepper, some Cajun seasoning, milk, cream, onion, garlic, uh, chicken, mushroom, and rice, like wet rice. There you go, next thing you know, fucking chicken and mushroom risotto. Done. <laughs> You wake up and you're like, oh, you should try. I've never really actively gone for a hangover before, but uh, I think a garlic hangover, I could give a shot. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think he drinks, man. It always blows me away when you meet dudes that are this laid back that don't take drugs, you know? Usually if you meet someone, yeah, man, what's happening, bro? Yeah, I don't know, fucking cook up, you know, cut up the onions, whatever, um, chuck them in the pot. You know, fry it up a little bit. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. Whenever you meet somebody that chill, and you're like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to have a hit on this joint?" And they're like, "Nah, never touch the stuff." And you're like, "Really? <laughs> oh, did you quit? Did you? <laughs> I bet you smoked it a lot before, right? No, no, never. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Ah, oh. it, it always blows me away. It's like you know, because we're talking about Asian racism in the news lately. It's like when you meet an Asian person and they have a full Australian accent. It just, it just strikes you funny. It's happened to me many times because obviously there's a lot of kids here whose parents are Asian. They grew up here, but they have full Australian accents. So, you know, you, you, oh, when I was working in retail, a, a Chinese woman walked up to the counter, like she looked full Chinese. She walked up to the counter and I said, hi, can I help you? And she said, hey, you going, mate? <laughs> and I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I always just... It always takes you a second to adjust because it's not what you expect. Same thing with super chill guys. Hey, do you want to get, you know, you want to party, man? You want to, you know, you want to get on the end of this fucking thing? Nah, man, don't never touch the stuff. Really? How are you this chill without drugs? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to me. Probably the white privilege. Because I keep, I keep. <laughs> Cabaret, those guys probably strangle hookers or something because you've got to relieve the stress, don't you? Yeah, no sweat. <laughs> How are you with chili? You get into it? Yeah. I get, I get into chili. chili or chili flakes? 
let's use the fresh. Incidentally, the chili, the pot of chili. I'll I'll put um I'll put pictures up on Twitter if if anybody's interested of the progress of um Boogie Bumper's five five alarm gold star fucking world class chili that I'm making as soon as the show's over in the next couple of minutes. But um so I'm only using two chilies though. I usually use three kinds of chilies. The birds, what is it? Bird's eye chili, the really skinny ones. Uh, jalapenos, and then you've got to have your habaneros in the fucking chili, mate. Anybody who doesn't put habaneros in a chili is insulting you. If they only use jalapenos, then they're not in the spirit of the fucking game. Got to get your jalapenos in there. Yes, it's a staple, but you've got to have a little fucking kick on the upper end of it. And the, like the mango kind of sweetness that you get from a habanero, it's a, it's a must. It's got to be. Every good chili has a habanero in it. And I'm sorry, that's controversial. Some people won't like that, but fuck them. Fuck them. If they argue, they don't know what they're talking about. First one. Can I put the onion, the garlic? Should I keep that separate? No, you can put those things you together. You can put them in. That's a great idea. And you can chuck the chili in with the garlic as well. Yeah. This is a dish from... It's kind of inspired by a dude. Dino Contaldo. He's just it's so spi- It's inspired by a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loves food more than any of us love anything on earth. <laughs> oh, how's it looking? Yeah, good. I've got some onions and some garlic and All some right. chili. Yep. Have you got a uh, you got a pan? I have, oh you God. better have a fucking pan. If if you show up to a cooking show and you don't have a fucking pan, I mean there's no hope for you. What if I what if I put it all in the toilet and add boiling water? Will that work? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you have a pan? You fucking well, okay. Can you go out and buy a pan then if you don't fucking have one? Because it's not gonna be much of a cooking show if we don't have a fucking pan. Oh shit. You know, one more one more flashback now. It's Friday. I'm going a little bit overtime. Fuck it. Who cares? Who in the chat? Press one in the chat if you know who Jim Owen is. Press two in the chat if you've never heard of Jim Owen. If Foggy's still here, Foggy will be... I'm pretty sure Foggy will be the only one who's heard of Jim Owen and nobody else will have. That's how confident I am. Press one in the chat if you know Jim Owen. Press two in the chat if you don't. Oh, oh, Victor Von Schroom has. Most people are a two. Most people are a two. Okay. So Jim Owen, Jim Owen is an Irish guy. Uh, he's a comedian, an Irish comedian who actually got famous in Australia for Australian audiences. I don't think he's really even known in Ireland, but he was an Irish guy who got famous here, right? And I think he's lived here for years and years and years now. So he used to have this show called, you know, Jim Owen, a TV show, which ran for maybe like three or four years or something. And it's really, really like, <laughs> how can I explain Jim Owen to people who've never seen him? It's really like dumb, subtle humor, if that makes sense, from like the 90s. It's it's really low-key, just dumb humor, right? So there was a segment on his show called the Jim Owen Cooking Show, but they just didn't cook anything. They were just two guys, uh, him and uh, another guy, an English comedian named Bob Franklin. 
the Jim Owen cooking show where they didn't actually cook anything. They just kind of fucked around. So here's a little taste for you, Jim Owen cooking show. Step aside, Ian Hewitson and Gabrielle Gatte. It's Bob Franklin. Like, like I said, you have to put yourself in the mindset. It's super dumb. Okay. <laughs> and Jim Owen. Uh, straight down to business, Bob. What are we actually cooking? On the show tonight. Jim, before we cook anything, we're in the kitchen. It's a dangerous place. Let's get some ground rules in place. Let's talk safety. Yes. <laughs> so safety, fucking serious. It, talk it, work I it. love Bob Franklin. Where- Bob Franklin is the guy on the left. In my opinion, he's one of the funniest men on earth. And it's a, sh- it's a terrible shame that most people have never heard of him. Because he has this whole sarcastic, serious act that he does, which I fucking grew up on. I love it. And you're in the kitchen, uh, very easy to get cuts. And abrasions, and uh, <laughs> very important to have a first aid kit close at hand. Got one here. Um, there are a number of different size bandages in a first aid kit. <laughs> Just a little pointer. If you ever get a cut that requires this size bandage, <laughs> pop down to the doctor as well. <laughs> Chances are you may need a couple of stitches. At this point, there's going to be a lot of people in the chat who are like, I don't understand Australian humour at all. I don't, I don't, I don't get this. Why are they laughing? Why, why is Boogie laughing at this? What's supposed to be so funny about it? I don't get it. Of course, there's a lot of different size bandages in the first aid kit. Um, you know, this is a big one. If you, if you need to use this big one, you should pop into the doctor as well. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Just could even be dead. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> like I said, I, your guess is as good as mine. I don't think these are the straight edge chill guys, though. I think these guys are the are the you know, hardcore fucking weed smoker kind of chill guys. I need a couple of stitches. <laughs> Could even be dead. It's, it, you know what it's like? It's like Mitch Hedberg prop comedy. Bob, what are we actually cooking? What are we cooking, Bob? Jim... Jim, before we cook anything. <laughs> what you doing? Trying to see up the people at the back. <laughs> Give me those. What do you possibly hope to see with them? <laughs> yeah, try those. <laughs> Oh, hello, what's this? Oh, 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 oh,
Like, so this was at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is, I guess it's like our version of Just for Laughs. You know, that big Canadian comedy festival that was huge back in the 90s? The Melbourne one, like, so we get a lot of international comics and stuff come to Melbourne for that. You like, come to Australia, go to Melbourne. I'm not in Melbourne. Um, so a lot of the audience too aren't, there's probably a lot of foreigners in the audience and shit, like tourists and stuff. They must have just been sitting there during this because it's not like uproarious laughter or anything. It's like 30% of the audience is laughing hysterically and 20% of the audience is kind of like, <laughs> and then the other 50% of the audience is sitting there like looking at each other going, what is this? <laughs> what is this shit? What are they doing? Where are the jokes, right? <laughs> this, is the, this is the whole act. This is the routine. Cooking. What are we actually cooking, Bob? Before we cook anything, let's uh, address some of the, the viewers' questions. Uh, now, we do get a lot of letters coming into us here on the cooking show. Yep. And while 90% of them would be termed hate mail, <laughs> a good 10% of people are generally asking the same question. What do we do with that awkward three minutes while waiting for an egg to boil? Mm. Well, why not keep good yourself question. amused with a dancing boy? Mentally programmed to dance for exactly three minutes, this lively addition to the kitchen leaps into action the moment the egg hits the water. Owen cooking show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you have it. With that, I think we'll leave it there for Friday night. What do you say? We went over time. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on Streamlabs. Uh, thank you for joining us on DLive. Thank you for your tips on DLive. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, exactly where are the jokes? Lonely Chef in the chat. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll be back on Monday night with another edition. Don't forget to follow our friends. Tomorrow night, I think, uh, Winning TV, 9pm. There may be some joy of Pessy over the weekend. I'm not sure. Everyone's favourite lover of French women might be around. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, I've been out of the loop because of work and shit. I haven't been able to watch other shows much at all. And then, you know, fuck me dead. I tune into JJ Stoner's replay earlier today and he's playing the clip that I have ready to play on the show. That slippery southern son of a bitch. That son bitch. JJ Stoner. Follow JJ as well. Friend of the program. JJ Stoner. DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner. Uh, Major Tom will be on Saturday night as well. At Real Person PLTCS. Don't forget that. Uh, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Irrational Times, anyone else I may have forgotten. So until Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>